This is What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Our thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you. All our fascinating, fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and thrill you. And uh, I'm Professor P. Soup, uh, international rock and radio legend and uh, radiate savant and reinventing myself as a Viking death metal artist. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I am the vocalist for the dark alt-rock band Ascent, as you probably know by now if you listen to the show even once. And I started a new little thing that I do called Who Dat. So here it is. Can you tell me Who Dat? Canada gave us siblings with four decades of staying power. They covered Zeppelin, Mitchell, John, and more. They've been prog, cheesy, legendary, and are timeless. They have been described as dreamboats and have their own share, have had their own share of barracudas. At the end, they decided that they wanted to go alone. Oh, very nice. We but, are um, hearting it out. So apparently yeah. you knew who that. So you might be thinking, bird banter, shit. Do we have anything for bird banter? I always have things for bird banter. But I wanted to do something a little different this time. Things you might not have known about high fidelity. <laughs> and you know... We're all about high fidelity here. So this movie is a big deal, and I had to just because I meant to do this for his birthday show, and I forgot, so I had to. So again, we're breaking from tradition for just a minute here. Although it's a music movie. It is a music movie, so uh, yes, but it is not uh, our typical bird banter, but I had to. So first thing, John Cusack did not want to break the fourth wall. Really? Right, and that is that makes the whole thing, right? And when he That's breaks the, the whole fourth thing. wall. Yeah, yeah. There's no, no such thing as too much Cusack, as Ex- far as that, I agree. Yeah. And Jack Black, speaking of somebody else in the movie, he did not want to be in the movie at all. Cusack wrote, Cusack and company wrote that role with him in mind. Uh, understandably so. I can't believe he would not want to play it as badly as it cried out for him to play it. I also wonder, though, is it a typecasting thing? Are you worried you're going to be typecast? Because he was. After that, he's the same sort of kind of character, hyperactive, pathological, insensitive in every movie. Yeah, it's he has more depth than everybody knows it, but I, it is sort of his brand. I do understand. I mean, a lot of these guys, these manic guys, can act up a storm like Robin Williams. and I mean, he was a genius actor. Bruce Springsteen was not the first choice to star in Rob's fantasy sequence. Bob Dylan was. Oh. Um, apparently, he said no. <laughs> Dylan said no. Dylan said no. Uh-huh. Uh, getting the boss was easier. I don't think that would have worked as well if it wasn't the boss. It's at a moment where Rob is recounting who, you know, that he needs to say goodbye and good luck to his top five. And the boss is there to guide him through. 66 real music artists are named throughout the movie. 66. In honor of your birthday, I'm going to read them because you're 60, so it's a little more. I may leave six out. I, I know there's one who's in there. Carly Simon, Carol King, James Taylor, Cat Stevens, Elton John, The Smiths, Frank Zappa, Cheryl Ladd, Bell and Sebastian, Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, The Righteous Brothers, Gene Simmons, Nirvana, Johnny Cash, Stevie Wonder, Cheryl Crow, Susan Day, Deep Purple, Helen Wolfe. Fleetwood Mac, Peter Frampton, The Clash, Marvin Gaye, The Velvet Underground, Massive Attack, The Beatles, Beethoven, 
Captain Beefheart, Super Tramp, Bruce Springsteen, Echo and the Bunnyman, The Jesus and Mary Chain, Green Day, Stiff Little Fingers, The Beta Band, Serge Gainsbourg, Joni Mitchell, Eartha Kitt, Charlie Rich, Primal Scream, Warp, Palehead, Chrissy Hines, Sex Pistols, David Byrne, Aretha Franklin, Wilson Pickett, Solomon Burke, Memphis Horn, Mick Jagger, Jimi Hendrix, Otis Redding, Father Abraham and the Smurfs, incorrectly referred to as Papa Abraham and the Smurfs, Kraftwerk, Falco, David Hasselhoff, Jan and Dean, Madness, Gordon Lightfoot, Jimmy Cliff, Gladys Knight, Art Garfunkel, and Stereolab. Wow. They were coming so fast and furious, you might have mentioned one, and I just missed it. But uh, was Peter fucking Frampton on that list? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah, because it, it went so fast, I must have missed him. But, yes, uh, Peter fucking Frampton. Yeah, is that yeah he was after Frampton? Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, okay. There are four Kuzaks in this movie. In addition to star John and his sister Joan, who plays Rob's occasional friend Liz, they also feature his sister Susie in a minor role as a party guest, as well as their father Dick in a likewise minor role as a minister at Laura's father's funeral. All right. The other weird factoid, interesting, I maybe more than weird, is that Tim Robbins, who has a pivotal role. Oh, right? yes, yes. He's in the film for less than three minutes. Wow. Oh, my God. Approximately two minutes and 50 seconds total. Yeah, the import of this character in such a in so much little so little airtime. And if you go back and you look at a lot of films that are built around actors who are almost never on screen. It just it happens like that sometimes. I would say it's a fine film. It's, a, it's no, it's, really it's a fine good. it's a fine picture. It's a great it's picture. A picture. I say movie. He says picture, picture or film. I say film. picture or film. Uh, we will go back to our regularly scheduled program, though. Again, as you mentioned, this does have relevance because it actually is. A movie with a ton of music in it about music and about how music impacts people. So go see it if you haven't. And now I turn it over to you because we have to talk about the theme of this week's show. That's right. The theme recap, the rehash. It is Happily Ever Thrasher. In honor of the spookiest month of the year, we're seeking tales of smashed pumpkins, stolen candy, ghostly tales, macabre machinations, Venus vampires, terror, fright, and things that go bump in the night. Now, that shouldn't be too hard to do. We've tried to shake the bushes and find things before and found out you all you goody two-shoes did not have any tales of debauchery and drug abuse, <laughs> but surely we found some spooky ones, and we did indeed, and we're going to find out. You know, it's really, it's just a pity that you'll actually be hearing this uh, after uh, October is over. I don't know if it's a pity. I think it's funny. It just extends the spooky time of year. Exactly. I mean, because spooky, to be honest, it's always spooky season, right? It's always a time It is for me. For I'm a good kind fright. of a vampire. Uh, we, we're totally into that. Ah, but since Halloween has come and gone, by the time you heard this likely, I do regret not getting to warn you ahead of time when you're out uh, trick-or-treating and uh, such as that. Uh, despite rumors to the contrary, they never really perfected a certain costume. So if you were out there and you saw something that looked like the blob, it was the real thing. Okay. Oh, there is no blob costume. They, that, that's, a, that's an urban legend. So I hope you exercise appropriate caution. Uh, as the theme song says, beware of the blob. It creeps. You know, I recently found out that uh, something else, the, the many, the long, long list of things that Christina and I have in common is they were both scared shitless by the blob yeah, when we were kids. Yeah, the blob is still terrifying. The blob is scary. Okay. Except for that awesome theme song, and that is the I used to play that all the time on YouTube on uh, Facebook because it's this great and it was this it's this perfect hippie coffee house 
theme thing, and then this lyric comes in about beware the blob, it creeps, it leaps, and you just start pissing yourself. It's so funny. Yeah. It was written by Burt Backrack, an absolute work of genius, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, it was. Yeah, yeah scared of the but, blob uh, still to this day, blob. and I'm scared of The Exorcist. So but, those are two movies that still terrify me. But what we, what we probably did by the time they hear this, in honor of the spooky season, we were looking forward to a uh, posh-sounding event. An evening of musical theater in a prominent California city. But uh, lest your view of the show and its hosts be uh, elevated unduly, it should be noted that this particular highbrow cultural event has an area known as the Splatter Zone, where if you sit in it, you're likely to be soaked in stage blood when the lead character dismembers the other characters with a chainsaw. So that's, uh, that, lest you think we're super, super highbrow or anything. That's right, the Evil, Evil Dead, the musical. Now, where are my ash peeps? Give it up. Hail to the king, baby. Uh, Evil Dead, the musical, is what uh, Rocky Horror wants to be when it grows up, but I move. <laughs> just kidding, Christina, just kidding. But seriously, did Les Miserables, Hairspray, or 42nd Street ever have a splatter zone? I have to ask you, honestly. But um, so, spooky songs. What are we going to come up with, or what did you give us, or what did we possibly find for ourselves? We shall find out. Now, I'm looking at the next thing, and it says... A uh, feature, and the feature is a recurring number we call the Partridge Effect. And in this feature, we look at family bands, brothers, sisters, dads, moms, and uh, who's making music within the old uh, bloodline, trying to make it sound vampire or something. And this time, we're talking about a group in 1976, after numerous name and lineup changes, a Canadian quintet released their first single, which was the first song on their first album, and is that ever a way to make a debut? And I was around to experience it firsthand, and it was totally different than you, than you would be now for hearing it for the first time. When Heart introduced themselves with a sizzling guitar to burn a valley into your skulls, that it could just march across something like this. The song puts you in a trance the instant you hear it, with its throbbing, insistent rhythm, snaky guitar and synthesizers, and its erotically charged lyrics about a young woman whose age is kind of ambiguous, shall we say? It kind of avoids that, and her sexual coming of age. And I got to tell you, it was uh, nectar for us uh, randy teenagers at the time, but uh, the magic was always in the music, and it still transports us, even though we're withered old uh, half-dead people, uh, it still <laughs> has the same, uh, same impact. Uh, from that moment on, nobody forgot Heart. This was the first recording with the lineup, settling with the recent additions of first vocalist, songwriter, and flute player, and I wish she would play more because she's really great, Anne Wilson, uh, a vocalist who who's equal, I think, honestly, we'll never see again. I mean, she's oh, one yeah. of, no. just absolutely... There's unequal. no way. She cannot be equaled. And finally, Sister Nancy, uh, songwriter and guitarist and sometimes lead vocalist, and in between them, they give us soft, beautiful, even folky music and a kind of a funky, sultry numbers like Magic Man and things like that and just playing meat and potatoes, hard rock, like their heroes, Led Zeppelin. And few, I think, will question that they are the greatest Zeppelin cover band ever. <laughs> Except Robert Plant to watch past them while they sang his music. That's all I'm saying. Oh, he was, he was in tears, babe. He was in tears. He wasn't back in the day. They had an unbroken run from the first album, Dreamboat Annie, uh, for many years, well into the 80s, and then, you know, breakups, some fights, and personal stuff I don't usually much want to know about, but I have to look into it for this. Apparently, Anne's husband assaulted Nancy's kids or some crazy thing like that. Uh, I don't know what it was. But anyway, they uh, didn't get along for some time and uh, didn't play together a lot, except they are now again, thankfully. 
Anna Nancy did an acoustic project on the side called The Love Mongers, but uh, every living creature knows them as heart. And there have been long-time members, short-time members, but they are the only two. They're the true nucleus of the group. Heart has sold over 35 million records worldwide, had 20 top 40 singles and seven top 10 albums. The band charted singles and top 10 albums in the Billboard charts in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2010s. That's not a very common feat to achieve. A four-decade span of top 10 albums that is a record for a female-fronted band. And being there when it was all new, the first few albums, though, I like the commercial stuff, it's fine. But we dunderheaded teenagers, we were just gone when we heard that. A little before your time as far as the uh, origins, but uh, what's your take? I don't want to tip my hand, but I fear no heresy coming from you about Heart. No, only the 80s version of Heart. Um, but the, the that slick corporate shit, I wasn't as into, even though I was a kid when it happened. That's, that's, I, prefer I put it the, a little more politely, but exactly. I yeah. prefer the 70s Heart. Um, that's that's to me where they shone. That's where everything kind of came together. That's where I fell in love with her voice. Um, and, you know, she still her voice is still as strong as ever, but I think it was featured perfectly in those early days. And while she did, you know, sound beautiful on the, the slick corporate shit, uh, there was no heart in it. And that's the part that really broke my heart. <laughs> you could tell it really wasn't their thing. But they were doing it, and... Uh, they made the best of it, and I know people probably mostly know them by those songs, but for me, it's, you know, Straight On, it's Barracuda, it's Magic Man, it's Dreamboat Annie. That's what the whole, that's what heart is to me. So if you're, you think you're a heart fan and you haven't heard those, those albums and you haven't heard those songs, that's where you need to start your uh, education of heart. Yeah, yeah. They're never bad, but, I mean, they did yeah. go full, oh. Di- they full, they went full Diane Warren for a while uh, and Desmond Child and stuff, and honestly. To me, the, that is bad. The first, the first few records of heart you is You can't is have this amazing music and then go to this shit slick crap and me say that it's the same thing. It's not. It's just, it's. Nothing's going to stop us now. It's apples <laughs> and oranges, and it's not, it's not the same caliber it's not the same quality it's just and and it just has no soul so it's unfortunate um and it was okay and i'm sure they made a lot of money but i don't think any of them look back on those times with any sort of of love i think they're like yeah those were the worst times and you can hear it in their music to me the other thing that i obviously have to say about heart is obviously and i've mentioned it on millions of shows is that ann wilson is a huge influence to me and uh, I dream of sounding like her. I never will. But, of course, I dream of it. That, that ability to sing the way she sings, that level of intensity, just the quality of her voice, just all of it. But she remains, to this day, a huge influence to me. And uh, she always will be. Yeah, she is that. I mean, you don't want to draw another parallel to Robert Plant. But a lot of people consider him like the, you know, the the ultimate rock singer because he sings ballads because he can sing oh, hard rock and everything. And Ann Wilson uh, does all of that so well. They are um, similar to Zeppelin in some ways and everything. I know you don't think Robert Plant is the greatest He's not vocalist. the greatest singer at all. He's, all right. he's, he's, you can't bring that up and think I'm not going to say anything about <laughs> right. it. There's no fucking well, way. You said agreed. Ann Wilson, one of the best singers in the world, and you put Robert Plant there, not one of the best singers in the world. He's, he's all right. Hey. I mean, he, you know. And feel free to write in and weigh in on this subject. Yeah, I think Ann's going to be like, yeah, I do it better. And everyone knows because she can actually, like, you know, sing. And he can screech and, and bluesy souls it up, and that's fine. But he's not a great singer. All right. Well, we're living, uh, Ebony and, uh, living in harmony, uh, Ebony and Ivory style here at uh, Bo Studios West. Yeah, no. Uh, 
Uh, about Anne, anyway. About, about Anne. Anne, anyway. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, now, I know Christina and her fevered imagination always has this idea that I'm making noises that come up on the mic, and you know it isn't true. They we, do. We've established that. They do. Tonight, however, there may actually be, because I'm handling, I'm manhandling the mic. Wait, I'm touching the mic. I have it in my hand the whole time because I boneheadedly forgot to bring the mic stand. So and then there's Pardon always kind of the paper thing. So yeah, well, I just don't want anyone to hear it. You know, that's my excuse for sounding uh, sounding um, off key, off kilter tonight. You do not sound off kilter. <laughs> you don't even know what that means. You really don't. I made that up <laughs> many years many years ago <laughs> before your time. <laughs> Uh, so that leads us to our first song of the night by a band called Kalen Mikla. And the song, now I have spent a good amount of time trying to find out what Gandreo means, and I can't, because they are from Reykjavik, Iceland. Iceland, like Bjork. So I don't know what that means. I've looked it up. If you know what it means, let me know. But that's the name of the song. The genre is synth punk dark pop, and it is fucking brilliant and fits this theme perfectly. When I heard it, I said, that's it. So let's take a listen.
All right. Well, my goodness. That was worthy of any haunted house, any sort of uh, situation where you want people to feel unsettled and maybe even concerned for their safety. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. Uh, I love the creepy sense in this. I really do. And the ominous and tortured vocal. It's airy and ghostly, and it comes in and out. I like that it's not constant because it feels like a haunting, like because it comes in and out. It floats in and it floats out. Uh, then there's these like crazy pounding sounds and these haunted textures um, from like the whistling wind to the echoey vocals that are to fade. I just, wow. I, I love this song. Yeah, this piece is, is incredible. There are things that just slip, pop in. They intrude into the sound. If they were, your observation about the haunted house thing, it's perfect, you know. If they were going for overture to a nightmare, if then, mm, uh, it would work. It's then perfect. their instincts uh, paid off, I think. Indeed. On this one, you know? <laughs> uh, exactly what you said about the uh, seriously uh, ghostly voices, uh, precisely orchestrated mm-hmm. with layers of, you know, pulsing synths and everything. I uh, love it. Takes its sweet ass time establishing this foreboding atmosphere and. You know, you can't find your way out of the dense, vaporous sounds they lay in out. All you can do is just wonder, are they ever going to deliver any lines, or is, is this it? <laughs> but it doesn't really matter. It's, a, it's an incredible piece of uh, music. And, uh, yeah, so tell us who it was again. So it certainly fit the spooky theme. Very it's much. It's spooky, it's scary, it's, and it's expertly, brilliantly done. Uh, this is uh, Kaylin Mikla, and you can find Kaylin Mikla at, on Facebook, rather, at K-A-E-L-A-N-M-I-K-L-A. They're also on Bandcamp, which is where I find these these amazing musicians, thank goodness. And clearly, this is done by expert musicians. You can hear the musicianship, and that is my fave. So, oh my goodness, that brings us to a feature, and it is my feature. And this BDT. time, it is Sparrow Me. For this feature, we discuss songs We'd wish we'd never heard. (sighs) And this time, and I love this group, I do, but this song has got to go. Captain and Tennille's Muskrat Love. Ugh, ouch. I just can't. I mean, love will keep us together, yes, all day long, but Muskrat Love, I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's not a great song. It doesn't do anything for me. I, I, I just don't understand it. Do you understand it? No. Uh, putting uh, the freaking Discovery Channel on the top 40 charts doesn't make sense to me. No. It's a cringe fest. And I... I do you know? You probably know. I don't remember. They did, it's, uh, it was done by somebody else first, I think. Um, but they, I, the songwriter is Willis <sighs> Allen Ramsey. So. Yeah, but anyway, they quote popularized Don Williams, maybe? It. Yeah, they popularized it. Which is unfortunate. Wanted, which is unfortunate, because su- such things uh, should be kept in the dark. You know, <laughs> Muskrat, muskrat, candlelight, doing the town and doing it right in the evening. It's pretty pleasing. Muskrat Susie, muskrat Sam, do the jitterbug out in muskrat land. And then Shimmy, Sam, is so skinny. Uh, I just can't. Yeah, and, and it only gets much, <laughs> it gets much, much worse. worse. Nibbling on bacon, chewing on cheese. Sam says to Susie, honey, would you please be my missus? Susie says yes with her kisses. Oh. I just, I, I'm. I'm in physical pain. I can't. This song is, is so now, stupid and so lame from a, a group I love. Yeah, I love uh, Captain uh, and Tennille. But the big question, the burning question, as soon as you announced what the song was, I thought you were going to tell us because another Sparrow Me you did. 
or a song that you were really, really, really tired of from the uh, karaoke days from being a KJ. Did you have people subject you to Muskrat Love? I am so sorry. I mean, that sounds traumatic. I did, but not as much as you'd think. It was ever, more though? a, a cheeseburger in paradise moment for oh, me. Oh, but I, I mean, if anybody ever did Muskrat Love. There was a couple people that oh. did. I would say probably a half dozen people that did it. Ouch. Yeah. And I always went, oh, Okay. Here we go again, folks. Muskrat love. It's one of those. It, not only is it cringeworthy because it's just stupid, but it's cringeworthy from an otherwise fun, poppy, you know, accessible band that I really like. And not that this isn't poppy and accessible. It's just excessively stupid. And it's a dumb song. And it really, to me, kind of ruins their streak of greatness. Imagine if you didn't know what it was about, though. Imagine if it was if it was like ninety nine Luftballons. If it was like a foreign language hit, the melody isn't bad. The music is cute. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit schmaltzy. No, I can't do even schmaltzy. for me. But depending upon what the words were, it might be a lot more. Ninety nine Luftballons is a great song yeah, so, with yes, great music. Yes, but yeah. this one, I don't know. In, I don't. In German I don't like especially. it. Well, yeah, yeah in yeah. German it's better. Yeah. But I don't like. I don't like the tune. I don't like what it's about. I don't like. I don't like anything about this, and probably because it was written by somebody else and done originally by somebody else, I don't like whatever it is that they brought to the table that made it what it is, and of course, the subject matter is ridiculous, but this is one I'd wish that somebody had sparrowed me, that I'd never, ever heard this, because it's it just, when I thought of stupid songs and songs I could not stand, of course, We Built This City always comes up, but then this one came right up for me, and I was like, shit, we've already done We Built This City, and I can't just beat that into the ground, so muskrat love. And if you had to rank the two, where would uh, where would, would the ranking be between We Built the we City built the and We Built the number one. It's worse than Muskrat oh, Love? Oh, yeah. Oh, for heaven's sake. Oh, yeah. That lovely it's tune. the absolute worst. All right. Hopefully, we're going to hear something that will cleanse our minds <laughs> from that disturbing thought. <laughs> yes, we are going to hear another amazing band I found, just musicianship out of the wazoo called this, Blind Dreams. The song's not about muskrats or anything, right? And not that I'm aware okay. of. It's about dreams of the dead, though. Oh, okay. And we have somebody from St. Petersburg, Russia, and they describe themselves as cold, desolate, dark wave. And I will tell you, they absolutely deliver. So let's listen to Dreams of the Dead.
All right, we are back, and we just listened to Dreams of the Dead. Well, what are your thoughts? And then I'm willing to chime in. Well, a haunting we will go with uh, Blind Dreams. And unlike the last song, this isn't really haunted house fair, but more like haunted goth industrial dance club music. Now, if you're casting some kind of uh, vampire-ish type of movie... Uh, this is the theme music for your trippiest scene right here. Uh, you, you will totally, you will thank me, okay? And we're seeing a real renaissance of this kind of thing in the indie music world with uh, acts like uh, Die Robot, uh, Angel Machine, mm-hmm. David Patacone and everything. And, True. Uh, I think it's welcome. I dig it. And it, I know it reminds you of some of the older stuff that I was uh, too, uh, too much of a dinosaur and too uh, oblivious to uh, miss, but uh, to uh, catch, so show, tell me what I missed and yeah, what they remind well, you of. it's a bit Cure, it's a bit Morrissey, and it's a whole lot of Peter Steele from Typo Negative, so ah, there you go. the bass sounds like someone rapping at the door, which I love right at the very beginning, so when I heard that when listening on Bandcamp, I was like, oh, I already like this, and the vocals are creepy, and it feels like he's being tortured or as part of like a ransom video, which I think is really cool, and what I like about the guitars is that they bring a little bit of levity to a really dark song. Yeah, I thought the guitar at one point, it, it almost had a kind of a big country vibe to it. And it, oh, it, it, okay. It, it I can to, hear that. It seemed to kind of elevate the whole thing and make give it a little right. bit of uh, a little like, ray of light, you know? Yeah, you were like able to light. breathe for it because it's, yeah. it's, very, it's very dark. And then there's chaos that ensues because you hear multiple voices. It's like there's all this, it's like a schizophrenia yeah. right there. You hear like a lot of voices talking, they're speaking out of turn. Some people are damn good at capturing madness yeah. in music. It know? was was great and I just felt like you know while it's not haunted house I went with what was really dark and what kind of felt creepy and this definitely felt creepy like you said goth club industrial creep fest I like it um, so yeah absolutely and you can find blind dreams on Facebook at blind dreams band well that means that you are going to talk about somebody who's starling for something Hi, once again, it's Starling for Attention. And for this feature, we discuss artists that have gone to all lengths to get the attention of record executives, their audience, love interests, etc. It's uh, And uh, it would be far too simple to assume that an artist or who stirs up some new controversy or pulls some publicity stunt, that they're compensating for a lack of talent because oftentimes they're very talented people. True. Or simply to make an unknown name known, to make a name for yourself for the first time, was the metal plate-covered sex book issued to draw attention to the unknown Madonna? (laughs) (laughs) Unknown. (laughs) Neither was this stunt in the guise of a music video from none other than Queen, and the song was Bicycle Race, written by Freddie Mercury, issued as a single, but the video is the real story here. Now, they've had varying levels of success here in the U.S., and it's probably at an all-time high right now, but it came and went back in the day, so this could have been construed as an attention-getter, one of those things to get some uh, press. Well, that's not a stretch at all, considering how Queen describes the event. Like our music, instant gratification. (laughs) There, we unapologetically are being tacky. And what kind of event would warrant this uh, description? Filmed by Dennis DeValance, the promotional video featured 65 nude women, all professional models, bicycle racing at Wimbledon Greyhound Stadium, southwest London. The group rented the stadium. That's a pretty huge thing to do right there for a music video. You rent a stadium. And several dozen bicycles for the one day for filming the scene. Uh, However, when the renting company became aware of how their bikes were going to be used, 
They requested that the group purchase all the seats. It's like, you're not giving those <laughs> things back to us, okay? Yeah. Yeah. We can't reuse that. Yeah. The original video used special effects to hide the nudity. However, due to the nudity, the video is age-restricted on YouTube and banned in several countries, including China. Oh, my. You know, and obviously this was not a compensation for lack of talent. No. And Queen has plenty of talent. The one underground dweller of a critic actually said... Of the jazz album. This is from the sixth album, Jazz. Uh-oh. Uh, that was the tour I saw them on. Uh, at this point, he sniveled. <laughs> <laughs> a computer and four great studio musicians could come up with the next Queen album. Oh, no, he didn't. Well, you little bitch. If you expected anything from Queen, you have no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> Jeez. They're going to do what they do. Sounds like a certain critic needs a rap on the knuckles with a ruler, parochial school style. I like it. Yeah. Do it. Uh, the song is from Jazz, as I said, uh, which is when I saw them and captured on the Live Killers. And the song is featured there, too, on the Live Killers album. Uh, definitely not forgettable. The album itself, it brought us Don't Stop Me Now. The deliciously bonkers Mustafa, which we both love. Oh, you know? love it. And the sort of the kissing cousin to Bicycle Race, written by Brian May, Fat-Bottomed Girls, which ties into the Bicycle Race theme. And it floors you with its wall of harmonies, but genius though he might be, songwriter Brian May is really getting raw and kind of uh, tacky on this one. It's, pretty, it's a pretty cheesy affair. And not only does it tie into Bicycle Race, it also ties into 8th grade purility, but they redeem it by being so damn clever. So, as for the stunt itself in the video, which I've never actually seen... Uh, it is. It's pretty off-putting, I suppose, and I would never condone it. But the record, well, I stand by it, even though it's uh, it's an eye roller and not maybe the first song you'd uh, use to introduce somebody to Queen. Uh, where might you be on that one? I'm not a big fan of Bicycle Race, honestly. I'm just not. I never have been. Um, I like the harmonies. I obviously like the 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 musical. There are many pieces of the music that I like, so obviously the musical representation. But overall, the song... It's overall structure. It's just not my thing. I won't turn it off if it comes on. I love Fat Bottom Girls. That's a great song. It's a weird song, but I think it's a great song. It kicks ass. And shit, let Fat Bottom Girls get some play. <laughs> yes, Fat Bottom Girls is much more listenable any yeah. day of the week. Agreed. As are many of the songs. Uh, jazz Absolutely. is a fine album. It but is a fine album. I would yeah. rank Bicycle Race uh, way down the list of all I would the other too. songs. Uh, I would put Mustafa first. Uh, a lot of the stuff oh. is on there. I mean, it's uh, and yeah. the Fat Bottom Girls definitely because, I mean, I mean, are we really singing about this? You feel like such an idiot, and then, oh, you gonna take me home tonight? The oh. vocals just, I mean, brilliant. It's brilliant. Brings tears to your eyes. So, yeah, that, and that was a stunt. It certainly got them a lot of press. And did it hurt them in any way? Certainly not. They continued on their world tour uh, and uh, released, uh, and they sold records and. Uh, Brought their genius to us for many years to come. Thankfully. And I wonder if it did it really had it have anything to do with attention getting or were they somehow, if you think of all of this and we're both fans of this, Monty Python, where they may be a little influenced by some of their stuff that they saw. Because think of how long Monty Python's been around and how many similar sorts of scenes and sorts of things they've done with nude women. So I wonder if there wasn't some influence there and a chance to be cheeky and funny and a little outrageous. Not the greatest tune in the world. Not something I would think of, but uh, it did what it set out for them to do. Absolutely. I agree. Well, it's time for another song. And I just, you know, what we do on this show is if we know the artists that uh, we are playing, we do speak about them, uh, you know, from a personal point of view. And I don't know either of the next two artists coming up, but David certainly does. 
So the first one is The Amazing Demon Boy with a song called This Halloween. And he is from New York. He's horror rock and hard rock. Now, I went out to face to Facebook. I went out to Bandcamp to find three of these, but these two came from David's own little stash. Actually, I had these recordings, but the Amazing Demon Boy, who has rebranded himself Amazing Demon Boy from just being Demon Boy, has reissued these songs. So this is a new reissue of the song that had been previously released, but this is a much better and much more satisfa- satisfactory to the artist and to us. And uh, we're going to flash back a couple of days because as far as we're concerned, Halloween is uh, all the time. It's always welcome. And Certainly that's the name of the, the song. Certainly is for the Amazing Demon Boy. Certainly. He's the king. The Amazing Demon Boy. The song is called This Halloween.
Okay, and we just listened to This Halloween by the Amazing Demon Boy. Well, I will tell you, for one, I enjoyed this throwback to old horror at the beginning. Um, It was really, really fun. They're kind of like paying homage to, um, I think he's paying homage to Crew and Priest and other 80s metal bands. And the vocals are affected to me in a way that sounds like he's screaming from a locked padded room in an asylum. Yeah, Amazing Demon Boy definitely embraces the, you know, the classic metal Motley Crue sound with Alice Cooper uh, uh, lyrics and imagery and things like that. It, it is classic 70s, 80s spook show rock, unadulterated and unabashed, theatrical in the greatest way. He's, uh, he's a real force of nature on stage. He's also a star of comic books and conventions, and he makes some hellacious videos, too. A good uh, macabre fun. All of the things I've mentioned, the videos, the comics, uh, the music, the performances, the conventions, anything related to Demon Boy at AmazingDemonBoy.com. All right. So it is time for that most beloved feature, Hummingbirds. And for this feature, we hum songs and see if the other person can guess the song in a head-to-head battle. So this time, I'm going to go first. And are you ready? And this is Lightning Round. Lightning round that that calls for like moving on your feet. Uh, that's uh, that's not something. That I means uh, at, we uh, have thirty seconds to figure it uh, out. All right, so be it. So be it. All right, let's see if I can do this. <clears throat> la 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 it's the eye of the tiger it's the thrill of the fight rising up to the challenge of our rivals all right eye of the tiger survivor that's right bonus bonus round which rock you know it's a rocky song theme song because it was born to be which one was it i'm gonna go with rocky three where he's up against club lang i don't care it was a great song it was a great song yeah it is a great song it is a great song well and you know in keeping with tradition uh, what I, what I'll I be giving know. you is not, uh, not exactly know. necessarily cotton balls, babe. Uh-huh. But I will lay no greater burden upon thee than I would upon a lame deer. Fantastic. A, a, a fawn, really. Thanks I mean, for that. Doe a deer, a female deer kind of thing. Wow. Right? So now it's about females so it's versus well, males. <laughs> no, just, there's no song about the male deer. Sorry. <laughs> but um, all right. And uh, here's one starting out with this. Of course. Your shame at being unable to recognize the song will probably be attributed, and rightly so, to my inability to convey it with lalas, but here we go. We'll try. La 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 Time after time. Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. See, did I lie? A lame deer could easily bear that. Yeah, if I were a lame deer or a lame doe, <laughs> I'm, but I'm That's not. how easy I strive to make it. Of course, you're not uh-huh, a lame deer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't I mean, know. you're occasionally lame, and you are deer, but uh, you're not a lame deer. Occasionally lame in the things that you approve of. That's all. Hmm. Occasionally, you are a lame deer. <laughs> right, I am a very, very sweet doe. Very sweet doe. And so, I have the doe eyes. Ready? Oh, they're batting. They're batting. Blink, they're blink, batting. Blink. <laughs> all right, so we've, uh, we're one for one here, I believe. Yes, this yeah. is good. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> Um, la 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 la
tonight. Yes. Sister Christian, there's so much in life. Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Yeah, Night Ranger. Interesting group. Who was it? Jack Blades from Night Ranger went into form Damn Yankees with Tommy Shaw of Sticks and Ted Nugent. Yeah. I know they were they were not the greatest thing ever. Not the greatest ever. All right. This one's going to be a little difficult to. To uh, translate and to break down into la la bits. But, All right, uh, let's so, check so, it out. So why did you pick it? You're probably thinking. I, I'm, I'm thinking the exact thing in my head. Why did I'm you pick thi- it? I'm thinking that myself. <laughs> but here it is on the paper, and I didn't have to run to the records room at the annex to find it this time. All right, ready? <clears throat> la 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 That's the whole damn song. La 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 la. All right, here I'll make it real easy. La 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 that's the tough part, is the artist, really. Because obviously the thing is called Saturday Night. Fuck. Saturday Night. Saturday Night. Uh, one of, the, one of the, uh, the boy bands that actually was a really good band. I really like this group. Is it Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons? It's um, not. Oh, sorry. No, it's, um, oh, think um, Plaid. Mm. Clash? The cl- no, I don't know who yeah. it is. Oh, it's the Bay City Rollers. Oh, yeah, I would never yeah. have got that. Oh, okay. I thought everybody knew the Rollers. Uh, I know who they are, but I, w- wow. I don't know that they do that. So, yeah. They're- so terribly sorry. Uh, the, That's deer, all right. the deer collapsed on that one. Okay. No, so. the, the, the deer or the doe? Yeah, the doe. <laughs> Let's make it clear. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> You're the fucking deer. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, buck tradition by arguing with you. Uh. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, you didn't. Did you really? All right, <laughs> uh, lay one on me that I cannot endure. <clears throat> All right. Well, I I made them so you could get them. That's kind that, of what that I, is unfortunately that's true. That's so yeah. nice. So la 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 la. la. La 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 I liked this I used actually had, I used to sit around and play this one on the acoustic and sing Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi I almost said John Bon Jovi Bon Jovi I just want to go on the record as saying I'm really fucking sweet with this shit and he fucks me every time I just want to make sure everyone knows that Silver Platter Freshly polished, Seriously. I'm telling you. Gloved hand underneath it. Seriously. Uh, I right. mean. Hopefully this one will it's be. It's like I slipped them to you before the show. It is. It is. People got to be wondering. Is there some kind of collusion here? Come on. You know? There's got to be collusion. You know, there's, there's big money stakes here. I mean, mm-hmm. really. All right. Hopefully you can get this one and uh, feel a little bit uh, less uh, besieged and uh, beset upon by me. Uh, let me see. Which part do I do? I know. I had to start at the... Well, with, you know, I started with the Eye of the Tiger. I started at the beginning because yeah. everyone goes knows the rising up, right? Yeah. But it's hard to know. In this case, I'm going to have to jump a little bit in and go. Okay. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. Oops. La, 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 la. Here comes the part you'll know. La, 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 uh oh. 
I got nothing. Sorry, I thought everybody would know Candle in the Wind uh, oh. by Elton John. I do know that song. Yes, for, for Marilyn Monroe and uh, Princess Diana. Yeah. Sorry, I really, really, really thought. Mm-hmm. This next one, I am so sorry for you if you don't get this one. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see what happens when uh, I'm when sorry we get for to you it. if I don't get this one because everyone's going to know. Everyone's going to know. I pity myself. That you just don't like me. I pity, I, think. I pity the fool. I think this shows you that, you know, we, we once thought he loved his Christina. No, he doesn't. No. I, I really try to pick the best things. The, 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 the things that will confuse me and make me look like an the idiot. The greatest gifts. You know. <laughs> oh, no. All right, what do you got for me now? I've got. Um, La 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 I, I, for some reason, it sounds like something, and then it doesn't sound like it. So either I'm thinking of a totally different song, or I can do the. Hang on, let me do the beginning part. La 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 la. Okay, la, okay, la, okay. La, la, la. Okay, uh, uh, right here waiting for you, Richard Marks. That's right. Richard Marks, a frequent collaborator with the Tubes, who writes a lot of stuff with them and everything. Uh, yeah, he's a, uh, love that guy, man. Okay, all right, hopefully. Now, this one, I really truly think you should be able to get. I, I, you say this if all you, the time. If you have, it's not true. Okay. You don't I, think I'll so. I'll tell you why afterwards. I can't tell you right now. All so. right. La 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 la. Things will change, things will go your way if you hold on for one more day. You ought to know that one because we were just singing it in a bar a few nights ago. So we were super out of tune there. So at the end, you got to cut that part. But yes, we were singing it a couple nights ago at a bar. And what bar was that? And why were you there? Well, I just happened to be out driving around. You know, you know, randomly came across a place called Bobby V's. Oh, interesting. Where a scent was playing. Yes, yes, that was so cool. Thank you for coming, sir. It was very Uh, cool to be back on stage. We'd never been there before. Very, very uh, fiery performance that night, you guys. Yeah, you were great. And we sang Hold On. So, I mean, this was the ultimate. It came on the jukebox. I saved this one for last because to to salve your wounds. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, that's the salve song. You don't have any wounds you need to salve because you got them all because I rock. We just turn up those salve songs. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) C'est song. All right. Uh, All right. Well, I lost again. And this is no, uh, this this is not a surprise because this happens to me all the time. So you win again. You win again. All right, so that Hummingbirds didn't exactly go as intended, but I will continue combing the musical universe to bring uh, equity and balance and healing. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry if my, my instincts are all wrong. I'm just a complete flop. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, I, I think so. you think I know more than I do, and I, I appreciate that. I was right about Hold On. Uh, well, yeah, and <laughs> time, time after, after time, time I got that. All right, well. See? When two out of four ain't, ain't bad. Out <laughs> of tune or not. Sorry about the end of that bit there. Not that part. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. Any out of tune parts, I request that you have to uh, you have to remove. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you director's cut on this one. Oh shit! I don't have that kind of time right now. <laughs> director's. Oh well. Cut. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Where's the love, man? You gotta, you gotta wonder. wonder. Be on the lookout. Okay. All right, so that leads us to another song, and this is another artist that is 
brought to us by David, uh, somebody that he's known and loves her and her music. And that is Judy Vampshire with a song called Beyond Imagination. And she is from the UK. And her genres are rock, vamp rock, and rock opera. So let's take a listen to Beyond Imagination. Show. 
Beyond imagination, ah, beyond imagination, ah, I'm going on the Okay, and we just listened to Judy Vampshire and Beyond Imagination. And since this is somebody that you know, I want to give you first stab at chatting about it. I know, I'll probably sound biased because it's, it's true. It's as Christina says, Judy and I are old friends. But I was a fan before I ever knew her. So um, I, I like this stuff. I like uh, the what she calls her vamp rock. It's, it's dark theatrical gothic drama. Uh, and I like... Musical pieces like this that don't rush through. I mean, it takes its uh, sweet time again, creating this you know stagey musical motif, and it is pure theater. And it's uh, there are a number of uh, and it has a really electrifying instrumental break there too, uh, incredible, and resolves back to it almost scares you when it comes back and you think the song is over, doesn't it, Christina? And <laughs> there are many more tracks on the album Beyond Imagination, of which this is the title cut. Uh, mostly hard rockers with operatic vocals and uh, finally resolves itself into a frantic jazz runaway deal, which is really beautiful. Um, the, the themes all about vampirism, human sacrifice, witchcraft, it's all in that vein. And uh, she has, the album is not new by any stretch, but she has several new videos out for a number of the songs we've heard, including uh, Beyond Imag- a number of the songs on the record, including the one we heard, uh, Beyond Imagination. So, my old pal Judy, uh, I really like this tune. And uh, it's a different approach to what we've had tonight. This is uh, more timeless. This is more, this is like Andrew Lloyd Webber type of thing and everything. Uh, so, what, uh, what do you think? I mean, it is certainly witchy, and there's sort of a symphonic operatic vocal, an homage to War in the 50s, you know, and maybe even the 60s that has kind of that classic horror feel to it, like a classic horror musical. I think that's a good thing. And vive la différence. Uh, yes, yeah, Judy's not French. She's from the UK, actually. But, um, yeah, that's the thing. You know me and uh, how I am uh, just a, a just gaga over uh, old school uh, or uh, monster movies and things like that and the timeless stuff. And this is, you know, like Vampira. And this is, uh, you know, this is, like you said, set back. This stands apart from, uh, this doesn't follow trends. I think it's uh, one of those things that is what it wants to be. And there are people who want this. And uh, I'm one of them. And I love this. And you can find this uh, song and all the other ones I talked about and all the new videos uh, at judyvampshire.rocks. Uh, you guys were dot .rocks, were you not? Uh, yeah. Judy Vampshire.rocks. Now, there she's Judy Vampshire on like iTunes and places like that. She's just Judy Shire. But go to the website. That's going to take you everywhere you want to go for the YouTube channel, which she has horror hosting. She hosts horror movies, does uh, music videos, of course, documentaries, and a cooking show, or as they call in the UK, a cookery show. So uh, there's all kinds of uh, things going on there. So go to judyvampshire.rocks and uh, see what all the fuss is about. Okay. And now we go back to David for Hell Yes or Oh Hell No, the results. Well, she already said what it is, and I'll just describe it as a feature wherein we consider bands or artists and determine if we're in for them, if we're sold out for them, or we're just out, going to kind of distance ourselves from them, 
And we ask you to weigh in. We want to know what you think, your opinions. And last time we uh, threw up for your consideration, uh, Mr. Neil Young. And, uh, well, be, oh, <laughs> Alexa's going to play Neil Young now and screw up the show. <laughs> no, do not play Alex- Neil Young. Alexa, stop. You didn't say Alexa at all. I didn't. I just said... <laughs> what the hell? What did I say that sounded like Nothing. Alexa? Yeah. Not one thing. All right. Neil Young. <laughs> Alexa has... Oh, now, now I'm oh, saying... Sh- no. <laughs> okay, she's good. The, the A word. We'll never mention it again. Yeah. I, I just want to say from last time, I might have a slight case, even though you didn't uh, do the Inquisition on me like you did uh, about the Stones, uh, Ain't You Proud to Bake. I might have a slight case of buyer's remorse about Peter Frampton versus Billy Squire. I mean, you know, just a little. I mean, Billy Squire really deserves. It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I mean, I, I, sh- I shouldn't have been quite as quick as he's uh, as Frampton, but uh, anyway. But but you uh, just you did say though slightly inched. Slightly, out. you did it, say it really slightly. was inched. It was totally. That's what inched, you said. You yeah. said it's. Ooh, it's almost. It sounded like almost a photo finish. It was really, and I meant that. Well, I mean, Neil Young, of course, being the uh, the dino that I am. I mean, I grew up with him. Uh, as one of my earliest musical memories. Uh, stuff like Helpless and After the Gold Rush and Old Man. I mean, these are some of the. This is some of the stuff that I remember from. I mean, single digit kid, and uh, yeah, him and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Mountain, you know, Grand Funk Railroad, and all that <laughs> stuff. That was everything besides the Beatles and the Stones, of course. Before I moved to the suburbs and discovered all the glam and the prog that the kids were listening to, uh, it was all about Neil Young and those groups that I mentioned. And um, his voice uh, is. Good strange. I mean, it's strange good, I think. It's totally suitable for the music, the songs that he writes. And he's not one of those artists that somebody else should be singing the songs a lot, uh, except for uh, there have been a very few times people have covered Neil Young songs. However, he gets excessive at times. There are many phases of Neil Young. There's the master of the pop song craft, uh, writing stuff like Comes a Time, and everybody knows this is nowhere. And on to classic old school folky tunes. Uh, not exactly your coffeehouse protest tunes, but not terribly far removed from it. And But there's one side that's good, but I don't know if it's fair to call it indulgent. That uh, I don't know if that's a nice thing to say or not, but uh, some dinosaur out there is going to know what I'm talking about when I say, for example, like a hurricane... Uh, could stand, uh, well, it would be twice as good if it were half as long, that kind of thing. I mean, there's a little bit of perhaps a little masturbatory indulgence going on there. But uh, in general, I am a definite fan of Neil Young. The results bear me out that 99% agree with me and said, hell yes, and one only said, hell, nah, eh, not real enthused. So uh, I guess you didn't make a percentage all by yourself to vote hell no. Where do you stand on Neil Young here? Um, you know, it's one of those things. I think it's probably along the lines of Bob Dylan for me. Um, and I'm not saying that they're the same. Please know that. But I'm just saying as far as my feeling, I understand he's a legend. I understand that people love him. I do not like his voice. I know this is not a surprise for you. <laughs> I do not like his voice. I don't really love his music, though. I think he's had some really um, interesting songs and um, I like the sentimentality. I like the emotion behind some of the songs. Uh, I just, the package in which they are wrapped and delivered to me is hard for me to take in. Uh, so I think I'm a hell meh to a hell no. Wow. Yeah, so I, I do recognize that people love him. And I did, you know, love him as Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I will say that. But again, his voice was in the middle of a lot of beautiful things. So it worked out for me. 
some very good harmonies those guys had, I got to say. Yeah, you put him uh, separate and solo, and it, it just becomes Neil Young, even if it's within that group. But I will like, also uh, say, I wasn't exposed to him like you were, where he became part of my, you know, like my life. Like, I've just heard him ancillarily on the radio or on some classic stations. I haven't, and I did listen to some of his stuff in leading up to this show, because I knew, and I was like, oh, yeah, no. Just don't say the C word. It's not cute. No, it's not cute. It's not cute. No. And I really thought I was the only person who still, I mean, ancillary, who, who says that? You, you talk about me who says this stuff. I use that word, and I thought I was the only one, so, you know. Well, another thing we have in common. Frightened of the blob, using the word ancillary. What the the list, The list just gets longer well, and longer. You know. I know. Well, we have one more artist, and this one is a repeat because I found out they had a scary new song. And scary is in the eye of the beholder. Dave and I were talking about this off air that, you know, you have, and we kind of mentioned it, you know, you have kind of your classic horror sort of stuff. You have your campy horror. You have your musical horror. This sounds really bad the way I'm saying it. Um, you have, then you have kind of your, you know, maybe your electronic, your industrial this is something different. This is like pop stuff, but it's a little dark, but it's still pop. So I think it's fun that we're kind of going the whole gambit, right? We're kind of going the whole thing. Yeah, a lot of people who put out stuff uh, that, that would possibly be categorized as horror, whether it's a visual or a music, they're not re- really necessarily going to scare you. They're not no. even setting out to do that. They just right. And I don't really like scary stuff that much. I mean, I like, you know, cool, atmospheric, a little macabre and everything, yeah. you know. But, uh, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind to scare. They're but, on theme. Yeah, you're on theme. Even if they're not scaring us, they're on theme. I'm kind of surprised that uh, uh, Ms. Goody Two-Shoes here has turned me on to some scary stuff that turned out to be quite good. So. Yeah, I would say that, you know, some of the, not just in music, but in TV and movies, horror is evolving. It is evolving. And yeah. it's to a place where it's not something I can't handle anymore. It's something that's actually like really good. And uh, yeah, so we're watching some pretty scary shit. We're listening to some scary themed or actually scary music. And this is no different. This is a band we played before. They have a new album out. And the song, What You're Scared Of by Desperate Journalist, fit the bill really well. So I didn't have to look too far to find a great another great artist for this particular theme. They're from the UK. They're post-punk, which I like, but I will say they have a very nice pop appeal. But let's take a listen to What You're Scared Of by Desperate Journalist.
That was Desperate Journalist with What You're Scared Of. Well, for me, I think that it's, you know, it's melancholic. It's got elements of fear, uncertainty, and longing, which I really liked. And there's a darkness that's accessible, and there's mania, and there's chaos. And I really liked the starkness of this song. It's refreshing. It's not indulgent. Right, it really isn't. I mean, and the way that it starts out, you feel like, oh wow, it's really sparse, and then it kicks in, but at the right time, and it's unexpected. And I find that there are equal parts rock, pop, ambient, post-punk, and alternative, with a dash of goth, just a, just a dash. And for me, they found the musical sweet spot. I really do. I really like what they're giving because it's a little bit of everything for me, all wrapped up into a nice little uh, package. Yeah, it's, well, it's great to have Desperate Journalists back on the show because they're terrific. And this tune was, uh, you know, keeping, trying to keep everything different, was less industrial, not as industrial like the other ones, not theatrical, but it was very alternative, but really hypnotically so. And it has this incredible, powerful female vocal. Her vocals. Oh, uh, and the whole, eh, the whole edge of it, the whole, you know, it kind of held you right there. Like, I was like pins and needles. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It did. And it was, it was, it's upsetting. It's, or, I'm sorry. It's unsettling, but it's not off putting. I mean, it's really. There's a wonderful tension throughout the song. There's a tension the there. 
and it stays ethereal for quite some time, and you figure, okay, yeah. This is what this, we're doing. This, this is how we're doing That's this. right. Yeah. I'm fine with that. And then suddenly, and you go, well done, right? Well done. And all of a sudden, it goes full band. And you go, shit. Like, wow. I remember when the drums dropped, and we're like looking at each other. We're like, looking what like, what the hell just that? happened? You know? <laughs> and it, uh, but then it goes on and on, and the guitar sears and soars and remains and stings it all to, and just kind of strings it all together. It does. And uh, it leaves you at the end, ah, suspended in midair with, what you're afraid of and it's just a just a great great uh musical little uh odyssey there and not long not indulgent but it really it takes you where it wants to go and uh it really does absolute winner for another one from desperate journalists absolutely they're just a there's there there's somebody to watch and this is a new album that they recently dropped um and i became a a quick fan of theirs and uh definitely would encourage you to check them out on facebook at Desperate Journalist, obviously they have stuff for sale on Bandcamp, their brand new album. Um, and once I love you as a band, I love you. <laughs> and I really love this band. And so I was happy that when I was searching for scary songs or, you know, upsetting or spooky songs on Bandcamp, they came up because I didn't even think of them. But then this song came up and I thought, oh my God, that's it fits and it is unsettling and it is a little spooky and it's perfect. Because yeah, because it's not their brand, and there right. are bands out there. And I thought of one after uh, after the show was uh, announced and everything that isn't about spookiness, but they have one really great spooky song. And this is uh, Desperate Journalist is uh, a case in point here. See, and for uh, us, it would be Starlet. That's our really weird. Spooky. Yeah, that w- yeah, and that would the be the abduction of Jane Doe is really spooky. I mean, they're hard, but they're not scary. Those are intentionally kind of creepy ass songs. Yeah, I think I think Starlet kind of. Uh, yeah, because I mean, Star's got a, like a, an actual monster in it. Of, yeah, of seriously. So, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, but nice. we, I mean, well that's not our brand. Journalist. Yes. Fantastic. Well, it's time for the new theme. And, you know, we did go Freebird for a long time. We were indulgent. <laughs> we, we gave into the pressure. And now we've decided for at least a little while we're going to go back to some themes. And so this time it is Karma. Come here on. So <laughs> not chameleon, but come here on. So this song's about karma, cause and effect, revenge, or getting even. And I know there's a lot of us who've written songs about that. So I'm expecting to get a bunch of submissions. And uh, also, I as I always do, I'll go out to Bandcamp and see what I can find out there. Because I always want to bring something new to the table. I really like, and it's part of what our charter is to introduce new bands to you, new artists to you. Um, and even if, you know, it's somebody that, you know, that we know, it's probably new to you. So we try to bring you new stuff all the time. And that's what going to band camp is about. All right. So, David, I have a question. Now that we've announced a new theme. And I think the show's coming to a close. I feel like there's something new. I mean, I feel like there's something different. Is it just me, or is there something different and new coming? There's something different and new, and you have proposed something, which uh, was a, a play on my name called More or Less, and More or Less is uh, M-O-O-R, which is, must be a bird, I assume. Yes. Or Less, and my name is More. And this is just 60 seconds or less to give a state of the union for music at any time, any genre, or any uh, artist, or anything. anything. The musical state of the union right now... And right now, the State of the Union for Mr. David Lee Roth, Diamond Dave himself, who you know very well we're both fans of, is heading towards retirement in 2022. Allegedly. Allegedly. He's got some new shows scheduled, and uh, 
Breaking out on the scene in 1978 with the first iconic Van Halen album. David Lee Roth was the frontman of the time, and yes. uh, despite the menace of the first album, soon proved himself the consummate showman, cheese ball, and ham <laughs> of the universe, yes. and uh, continued to ply that uh, trade and his uh, his brand until he left the band in 1984 with the album 1984, embarked on a successful solo career, rejoined Van Halen a time or two for a few singles, and then an album, and so and so and so, and uh, continued to perform. Up until today, when now he has announced his retirement. Allegedly. Allegedly, and the very classy-looking posters that say, the last tour, unless it isn't. Huh? Kind there of uh, is. even being the Weisenheimer ever, ridiculing his fellow rock stars who have promised to retire any number of times. That's right. And go on farewell tours and simply didn't. He's acknowledging <laughs> it up front, I may be full of shit and I may be back. <laughs> which is good, because I've never seen him. So, uh, rock on, Dave. You've been a big part of my life since the 70s, and we love you, bro. And that's how I feel about that, more or less. <laughs> and that, uh, as, as it always does, leads us to time to wrap this puppy up in a neat little blanket. Our next offering is a new episode of Winging It. Enjoy our 15 to 45 minute show that covers one topic. No music gets played, no features, just mainstream music chat, opinions, and uproarious laughter. As is typical for as our As is shows. typical of us, and uh, that's kind of what we do, even without the slightest bit of stimulation. <laughs> uh, your boys are coming at you every week. Uh, subscribe to our feed at Bof on Air. that's B-O-A-F, as in birds of a feather, on air, as in on air, dot podbean.com, and enable notifications so you never miss a show, or subscribe and listen on your favorite platform. And remember that we can't grow our flock without you. Nope. Please share us on your Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, etc. feeds. Talk about us around the actual or virtual water cooler. Or around the nest. Or around the nest with the little uh, hatchlings gathered around under That's your wings. That's correct. Exactly. I mean, if people, you know, if people can take their kids to kiss shows, as we were talking about, people can certainly take their kids. No, they can't. What am I saying? Yeah, I say fuck show. every yeah. second. Yeah, yeah okay. I can't. Yeah, we can't do that. But you know what you can do is you can encourage other adults to take in this adult-friendly show. That's right. You know, you mentioned the charter a little while. You always <laughs> scoff when I mention the charter, but it's okay for you to mention the charter. Anyway, so that uh, little aside aside, uh, I guess that only leaves for you to say... Let's get the flock out of here. This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.